what I started doing that got me massive traction it isn't what I do today, but it was a starting point. It was like, a, yeah. it's been an evolution. I've been doing this 22 years now. So there's a lot, as we all know, entrepreneurs are constantly growing. What I, what I found where everything came together and there was a culmination was I took my superpower, which after training and knowing what I, I learned in corporate was how to achieve crazily unrealistic goals in record time. Mm. Like I wow. knew how to motivate people. And, uh, and when I integrated the neuro-linguistic programming tools, I knew how to tap into a capacity expanding way of being like, mm. I can, I can accomplish anything in record time. Mm-hmm. Now the choice, this decision started to become, what am I willing to put my energy into? Right? Like mm-hmm. you, you get those high class problems. Welcome to the innovative founder. The show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. We have the most professional podcaster on, and we're starting our podcast like this. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Melly's amazing. We've got to talk about, we've got to update our audience on all the interesting things that go on in our lives here because we, we just you know well we've been recording in a while i mean they hear True. from us every week and it's right it's like clockwork but we don't record all the time so it's we, we've taken a couple of weeks off but we've been busy we've been busy boys yes been traveling had some had some wonderful uh, met some wonderful entrepreneurs in new york this last week i got a tattoo that's what i want to talk about and banter about today i was under the new- sure let's talk about you yeah, yeah, let's make it about I get a chance to talk about being under the needle. Come on now. Okay. Because you'll never right. get a tattoo. I might as well be the interesting one. So sure. I, I sat under the needle for four and a half hours yesterday. You know, the, a lot of people aren't tattoos are so you know popular right now, but I, I got a sleeve tattoo on my arm. And by hour four, I felt like a fish that was getting filleted with this this needle. I'm yeah. really happy with the work that was done, but holy cow, man. For those of you tattoo heroes out there who have got, you know, more than just something kind of small or maybe they got a full body or whatever. Wow. Is that at a kind of a baptism by uh, by uncomfortability? So anyway, I'm really excited about this tattoo. It has a lot of symbolism for me. So um, we'll have to put a picture on. The, well, are you going to take a picture uh, and post it on something? Oh, somewhere? yeah, I'll, I should do that. I should do that when it's done. Yeah, it's it's in. It's, it's not done yet. Be, no, I've got to go back in six weeks it's, for color. It's black, and, it's black and white right now. You're right. It's just lines right now. So it's a kraken giant so, mixed with a mixed with a firebird or like a phoenix. So did you dream this up under the yes. under, under mushrooms? No, no. Well, no, no, no. So this is this, I've been thinking about it for two years. So so the Kraken is a jujitsu animal. So for st- strangulation and squeezing your opponent, and all that kind of thing also represents my love of sea creatures and the depths of the ocean. And then the firebird is kind of a rebirth. It's kind of a, you know, the not firebird transam for all you eighties folks. I'd never owned one of those, but um, yeah, I could just see, I put a, put a transam logo on my arm, but uh, yeah, the firebird Phoenix kind of a rebirth. And then I've got them intertwining. So um super happy with it. Got it done in here in 
Littleton, Colorado, by an ex uh, Ultimate Fighter guy named Mike, and he's phenomenal and very talented. And he used a clean needle. Clean needle, luckily. <laughs> Happy about that. Yeah, got no it done in your home, yet. not in the back of a bar. <laughs> in a van discount behind hey, Brandon. I do Walmart. tattoos. Yeah, I do tattoos. Cheap. So that's what I got well, done. Good. That's my update. What do you got I going mean, on? I mean, that's great self-expression. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. You Thank being you. who you are. Thank you. And Thank congratulations you. on that. Yeah, I I I just want to I just want to brag on uh Brian Kurtz. Uh mm. he's He's been we met him at a dinner at a mastermind a number of years ago. Perry's mastermind. We had a meal. I think Brian's a very giving person. And we we struck up. A, I don't think it was a maybe not a friendship, but a mutual respect. And mm -hmm. we've had the opportunity to work with him. Uh, he's been a client. Uh, we have both been part of masterminds that he's put it uh, on. And when Brian reached out a couple of weeks ago and said, Bob and Brandon, I would love for you to come out to Greenwich, Connecticut to sit on our mastermind. Would you be interested? I think we thought about 35 seconds <laughs> right? and said, yeah, we'll be there. And I think it was probably one of the highlights of our year. Yes, um, absolutely. Phenomenal. Tell everyone about Brian a little bit just for context. Well, Brian's I mean, you heard Brian. Brian is Brian is a look, he's he's an OG. He's not a goat. He doesn't want to ever be called a goat, but he's an OG. Yeah. <clears throat> he's he was part of a company called Boardroom. They mailed million plus newsletters in their career, very at and, and made and made a lot of money, $37 at a time. And he'll tell you that story. <laughs> but Brian is the way I see Brian is Brian learned from some of the the real true goats of marketing yeah. um Eugene Schwartz and and people like that and Brian I believe is the bridge between the the past and the future of of direct marketing he's positioned right in the middle he was there he learned from the masters and mm -hmm. now he's passing that on to others and his greatest gift is that he just serves and over delivers mm -hmm. and connects like no one else we know. We thoroughly enjoyed being in a room where we got to meet. I got to meet friends that I haven't seen face to face in years, but meet new people that just all shared this giant heart. Like the, the best thing I think, Brandon, about a mastermind is you could tell how the mastermind is going to be by the quality of the leader. That's a great you know, point. We have been in Perry's mastermind for 10 years yeah. and Perry's group is top notch. And mm -hmm. we saw that we, we we've been in groups with Brian and everybody there is to serve, give and over deliver. They've got mm -hmm. giant hearts and it's very much a reflection of who that is. And so, you know, it's fantastic that we had an opportunity to go mix up there. And we went with with one intention, which was to serve. And we we met a lot of people and we have obviously opportunities to to get clients, but I'm I'm just I'm just really glad that we got to meet people and we can enrich their lives in some way. Agree. Tremendously awesome group of people. Um, um it, it's really refreshing. Maybe this is a term that's you know being coined too much lately, but the conscious entrepreneur, you know, conscious business where 
you know, the old internet marketing and marketing worlds, you know, had a lot of um, questionable practices and, and fly by nights. And it's just refreshing to be in a room full of people who generally want to serve with their business to create a better place, create a better experience for their customers. So very much agree with you in that. Yeah. And I don't think you and I are going to apologize. It's our damn show. Like our, <laughs> our goal is to raise the consciousness of people who were around. And if that's something you don't understand, then you're probably not really going to be a fan of ours or the show. Right. Like, right. I, I really feel you, you and I have been given the gift of evolving mm -hmm. and um, yes. we, our conscious level is raised and we want to do so of, of that, the people that we work with, uh, the people that listen to us, follow us, whatever. That's really what we're here for. Um, if it's something you don't understand, that that's fine. You know, um, at the very least, hopefully you're entertained. But we're really excited to be in rooms of people that are vibrating at a really high level. And yes. um, that means a lot to us. So speaking of which, the person we have on today is vibrating at a quite a high level. Brandon, I met her back in 2000, I think 2005. And I met her at an Allie Brown conference, which I had a chance to speak oh, at Okay, because okay. Allie and I were in the same mastermind group Shocking. and, and Allie really loved my energy. I loved her energy. She was still kind of not quite the big deal. Now she's an amazing big deal, mm. but she, I was one of the speakers. Melanie was one of the speakers and we just really connected really good person. So Melanie Benson, she's from LA. And she right now is working with expert-based entrepreneurs, right? I think that's how she described it. I want to make sure I, I get that right. Yeah. Experts who want yep. to be entrepreneurs, want to have a business. And she helps them with their messaging and their platforms. And she's going to talk all about that and share some of her stories. She was really generous, Brandon, to set up a, uh, a resource page for us. So melaniebenson.com forward slash feed stories. She's got an, a, a whole bunch of resources and materials for our listeners. You really want to get your hands on this because what she's teaching is really powerful. She is, she's a veteran, right? She's not afraid of her age. She's been around and she's got a She's been in and done a lot of stuff. We'll let you kind of learn more about her from her stories. So we're really excited to introduce mm -hmm. uh, a, a good friend of ours, Melanie Benson. Welcome, Melanie Benson. We are excited to have you on the show today. I'm excited to be joining you guys. <laughs> Where you calling? Uh, this is interesting. What's interesting? Melanie and I have known each other for a while. Yeah. And uh, and Melanie teaches people how to use a podcast. So actually, we're the yeah. amateurs interviewing the expert today. <laughs> yeah, it's podcast I thing. Promise. Fad. We were just talking about it. This is a total fad. It's not going to last. It's, it's like fad. the internet. Yeah. We're counting it down when it's going to be okay. What's next? But just I did. Be kind. I, be kind. I did interrupt Brandon's question, Mel. You can tell us like the Podunk town you live in. The Podunk town I live in is just outside of Los Angeles, Agoura Hills. I live right above the hill. Right above Malibu in the hills. That's the Ooh. best way to describe it. You know what? Years ago, we took a road trip in an RV and we camped. We parked our RV on a cliff in Malibu overlooking the ocean. It was lovely. Little RV park there. Yeah. yeah. Lovely, a little shack lovely. area there. There's little the, shacks high, going on high there real in, estate. in good old Malibu. <laughs> yeah. For $3 million for a shack or something. Yeah. That's but no, hey, it's so lovely. We, we, saw some, we saw some porpoises and hung out at the beach. It was a lovely area. Purposes uh, or dolphins? I think we call them dolphins. Oh, did I? I thought they're the, the same. Coast. Am I totally taking <laughs> off the same? a lot of environmental oh biologists? Like, I don't, <laughs> you said a porpoise is a dolphin. I was like, God. what is a porpoise? I'm like, oh, I don't I even know. I thought it was the same. Dolphins. Well, oh, we have like seals a... that hang out on the rocks too. Seals. So. 
Seals. Let's just stick with that. Brandon's okay, we'll trying to seals. sound. He's trying to sound intelligent by using the word. No, corporate. I'm trying so hard. I, <laughs> he's dolphins trying to didn't bond my, over Malibu. My head, and yeah. the only thing that came my head was porpoise. Didn't want to pause for eight seconds. It, seals are on the words. rocks. Dolphins dance in the waves. How's dance, that? And the whales dance, are the big dance. things that are out there that big make things. the end. Yes. Big, they're like fish, aren't they? They're really big. Okay, really big fish. We're going down some. Has some has L.A. I know you've lived there for a while, Mel. Is L.A. home for you or where did you grow up? Yeah, I would say it's home now. I was a little bit jumping around there. I was born in Phoenix, moved to a very special town called Bakersfield. And I'm sorry yeah. if you live in Bakersfield. I'm not di dishing on it, but special. it wasn't my favorite place I lived. I went to school in San Diego and then ended up in L.A. So you've always special. been in the sun. Yeah, always been in the sunny, warm spots. I almost had a chance to move to Chicago when I was working corporate. And I was like, can you pay me enough money to be in the freezing part of the world for uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three quarters of my year? No. Can be kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. Can be kind of rough. That's why I moved to Colorado. Bob braving it out there in Chicago. Yeah. With the winners. I was yeah. almost well, your neighbor. I, I am tougher than most yes. people so yes you are yeah you so Not. are whatever you somebody's say somebody's got to live in chicago somebody let's ring this thing in mal we would <laughs> love to hear what is exciting you right now what, what are you working on either something on your work schedule something in your personal life that you're just like really jazzed about okay where do i start what i'm really excited about right now is i love podcasting and i love connection and collaboration and i've been searching for a way to really integrate these parts of my way of being, right? So they don't feel like they're pulling me at different directions all the time. And so I have a collaboration partner named Samantha Riley. We do another podcast together and we've just been setting these intentions. Like what could we do where we can continue to support the podcasting community? Everybody wants a visibility opportunity. Everybody's trying to get booked on the high profile podcast, but we also really love collaborating, connecting people. Actually just yesterday, we set an intention to host two events next year, where we bring all of that together into one space. Still a little bit in the idea stage, but we've got dates and this is exciting because I don't like doing this stuff alone. I love collaborating with other people. So I'm pretty jazzed about it. My brain was on fire. Didn't want to go to sleep last night. That's awesome. I would have to think that Brandon and Bob would be invited to such an event. I would certainly I hope be, so. Me and my I corpus. Yes, yeah, I already have you plan. on my list when it's yeah. ready. No worries. Right. You're my favorite people. I will get the on the list. That's great. I And I love your choice of language. First of all, number one, I do business in partnerships. Brandon and I have been in partnership for six, seven years. I've had partners before that. I, I don't know. For me, it's exciting to build things together. And I think there's an energy. And then when the two people who are in partnership have same values is really mm. powerful. Brandon and I are very different. Mm. We're very much in line in values. So we can attack problems and look at situations very differently, but with the same value structure. So I don't know, do you find that with your collaboration mm -hmm. partners, Mel? With the right ones. One of the things that I think is such a sweet energy with Samantha and I is we actually do very similar things. We're in mm -hmm. opposite sides of the world. She's in Australia. I'm here. We have different ways that we frame things and talk about things. She's got a little bit different superpower than mine. And so when we come together, 
we found, and I don't know if human design at all, but we, you do. <laughs> oh my! Let me tell oh you. Oh my God! Did I open a vortex? There? Yes. So I'm a manifester. She's a generator, okay. and we have different strengths in our design profile. Like I, one of my strengths is my throat area. One of hers is like her mind and her decision making. So we are actually completely synergistic in what we do. Love so it. it's just off the charts cool whenever we put our brains together and it's just like fire comes out and <laughs> it's a lot of momentum that gets started, but it's also really fun. And I think as a rule, us entrepreneurs, we do a lot of things alone hmm. and we don't always have fun. Like for me, the collaboration's fun when it's with yeah. the right people. Yeah. I'm a generator. Bob's, I believe, a manifesting generator. We're still figuring out what all that means. Karen Parker is a client of ours. Really, I'm taking some practitioner training around human design because I'm just so interested in it. So, yeah, it's fun. It's very interesting. Uh, and, very, and based on, on science as well as some esoteric. Yeah, there's some definite yeah, woo. woo. I love it because it's woo plus science. Yes. Um, which we're helping Karen tease oh, out. I love that, that Brandon. Woo plus science. Woo plus science. Yeah. It, yeah. We're supposed to Are have the guests come up with amazing stuff. Woo plus science. Is that good? I write, yeah, I got to write that down. Does, does that make up for my porpoise statement? Yeah. I didn't know what a dolphin was. Yeah, perfect. Well, I always but, say it's uh, one woo on the woo-woo scale. So it's Yeah, okay. All right, good. Yeah, Melanie, so, you got me to open up a little bit on your podcast. Like we went about 15 minutes over and we got really deep. That was amazing. Ooh. I loved it. I was like, oh, a whole nother side to Bob that I didn't yeah. know about. Yeah. The stoic, calculated, logical Bob has a deep spiritual side. And like, it was good. I was, I love sharing that. Wait a that. minute. What's this about? <laughs> I only want hear this. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot I, you the link, Brandon. You got to right. listen yeah, to I the episode. It was a hot episode. Business, which I'll tell you that. Yeah, I just got shared a lot. <laughs> so you launched in 2003, the LA chapter of the Shared Vision Network. So there was some struggle there. Tell us about your journey a little bit. When you started your business in 2001, there was some struggling, shocking, right? And it's always, it's never as easy as all the stuff we see online is about starting a business and making it work. What were, give me, give me some struggle stories. What was going on there? What was the reality versus the perception? That you were dealing yeah. with there was no reality that was different than the perception <laughs> it <laughs> okay. was pretty clear i had coach training but i had no idea how to make money as a, a business coach and having okay. my own business like i went in completely just taking a huge leap of faith and as i know now like what i and i studied in neurolinguistic programming and motivation theory and what i understood is i was moving away from something that was painful and not a fit for me, which was the corporate career track. And I knew there was like this glimmer of something that I liked. Like I liked the coaching energy. It felt like a translatable way to use the skills I was good at in corporate, but I had no idea. And the, I would say the three biggest struggles was I had a very big limiting belief. I had a fear of selling. And I think underneath that was a fear of being visible because I didn't have a lot of experience yet. I had training, but I didn't have experience. And I don't think I really felt confident putting myself out there yet as a business coach. And then the second thing was I had a positioning problem. And I realized later having, I think Adam Urbanski, Adam Urbanski and I became very good friends. We were in a mastermind and he used to say, Melanie, nobody's going to hire a business coach. They invest in results. Stop telling everybody you're a business coach. We need better positioning for you. And it was profoundly powerful for me to understand the shift that occurred when I started helping people understand the problem they solve. And that's what I call being superpowered as I started to recognize the value in the solution and positioning the solution versus just focusing on the feature or the process that I do, which is business coaching. And 
The third challenge, and I think you guys will really relate to this, and we've probably met millions of people that struggle with this, is I had no idea how to message. I didn't know how to explain what I did. I didn't, I would, I was trained to do corporate speaking. So I was like, sure, I could speak. And then I tried to do speeches and I was like, oh, this is painful. (laughs) This is not what I thought it would be. And I did not have a core skill set of how to, you know, articulate and create this magnetic energy between myself and an audience or a potential client or somebody reading something online because I didn't understand how to think in the world of the potential buyer or the audience. And so I literally was figuring out, like just being super scrappy, how to get a thousand dollars a month in, but I live in LA. You can't even, now you can't even pay for gas with that. But thousand dollars a month. Yeah. That might get you some coffee and Starbucks a couple times a week. That wasn't sustainable. And so (laughs) a lot of it, I always tell people, it's like, I had to, recalibrate my mindset so that I was willing to do the things that it takes to be successful in business rather than doing what was comfortable, because there's a massive difference between what was comfortable and what I had to be willing to learn how to do and do well, because now I get complimented on selling and marketing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually being complimented as that as a superpower when for so many years I resisted it and had a very limiting story in my mind about being that kind of person, so to speak. Hey, listeners, so glad you're with us today. So glad you are thoroughly enjoying this conversation with Melody Benson. Um, What a powerful uh, human she is. Very giving, very serving. She has generously created a page just for innovative founders. Listeners, if you go to melaniebenson.com forward slash feed stories, she has an amazing list of resources that are going to help you. She specifically helps entrepreneurs who are experts. If you have a particular skill, passion, gift, and you want to learn how to get that gift to the world, monetize it and affect and impact a lot of people, Melanie is a person I would highly recommend. So melaniebenson.com forward slash feed stories. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. So you were at Motorola, right? Which is why you were going to come to Chicago, right? The campus here. Yeah, you connected those dots. So I'm interested. So you're sitting in a corporate job and what was the gig you had? Because I'm going to dig in this a little bit. What was the gig you had at Motorola? Here's what's so profoundly interesting looking back on it. We now know the term intrapreneur. Yeah. What I discovered was I have a very deep entrepreneurial spirit. My grandparents were small business owners Mm. and embedded in my DNA was that creative, self-expressive spirit, that desire to be in responsible for my own thing in the world. And so working in corporate, like I couldn't find my proper like spot. Like I felt like I was a triangle shape on those little kids workbenches. And so I'm like, they're giving me all these shapes and they're like, try this, Melanie, try that, Melanie. And I'm like, this doesn't feel aligned. And what I realized was partially it was the entrepreneurial thing. I needed a lot of space in my life. I needed the freedom to be fully expressive without people telling me how to do what I was going to do. I wanted time freedom. What I did in Motorola was everything. Like I was a project manager. I was event coordinator. I used to put on multi-million dollar events with the state and local agencies like the police or the fire or whoever was hosting the event. I loved it, but it wasn't like 
something that there was like an ongoing career path for me in that part of Motorola. Mm. I did, I sat in 911 uh, control rooms and I was like the liaison between Motorola and the police chief to in- implement <laughs> and integrate 911 centers. <laughs> wow. It's like, it like I helped shape and create a project management system that went across Motorola worldwide. And so I was like a starter. Like I loved being able to help create change. I ended up getting put on all of these different, what we call TCS circles. They're based on a Japanese theory that you put all the controlling people in a space together and they will come up with a solution that a vendor alone can't access. Okay. And I used to win awards by pulling these people together and trying to solve big problems that were affecting our scores for customer satisfaction. So I had all these different crazy jobs, but nothing was really a long-term career path with them. And it wasn't until Stephen Covey was brought in to do leadership training and the leaders in our company were starting to learn how to coach their employees instead Mm. of tell their employees what to do. One time my manager, who I really liked, sat me down and he started asking me all these questions. I'm like, what are you doing? Something's different. And he told me, he says, we're learning how to use coaching with our employees. (laughs) And I'm like, I want to know how to do that. Bingo. And that was the spark. Yeah. That was a connection. It's so interesting, mm-hmm. that bridge. I, it's so f- cool as I get to know you better. I know you well, but I, I getting to know you better. Like it was the same thing for me. I, my parents were both like bankers. They were nine to fivers. So I just thought, oh, I go to school, I get a job and it's nine to five. And I just never felt comfortable in what I was doing. And then as I started to investigate my family, I learned, oh, this uncle, all of them own businesses. It was like, oh, it's in your genetics to be an entrepreneur, which is why you felt so restricted sitting in a cubicle. I felt like you, Mal, I was like, I don't feel comfortable here. And two, the time freedom. Wait a minute, I get two weeks off. Like I want to take the afternoon off and go do something like creative. And it was so limiting for me. Like I could not wait to get out of there. And it was just like my 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 higher self going, okay, this is just temporary. This is not where you're meant to be. And you just, you hear it, you feel it. And you didn't know what, I didn't know what it was at the time. And I'm sure you did too. And then all of a sudden, like somebody I met in one of my jobs, was there on a contract and made it a reality for me that I could actually be in business for myself. He actually showed me how I could do what I want to do and be in a business for myself. And that was my catalyst was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. That was was like my exit point. So it's so cool that you feel it. And then somebody is in your life that helps you like, oh, that's it. And it just pushes you into the next thing. It's so cool. Brandon looks like he's chomping at the bit to say. I know. I'm still contemplating dolphins. No, here's my question, Melanie. Is <laughs> so uh, big Stephen Covey fan. Got got that book, and, and I was reading him way, way long ago. How, in in your opinion, so it seems like in the last I don't know how many years there's been an onslaught of coaches on the on the, there's life coaches, there's this coaches, there's that coaches, and my, and my personal rule is if you're gonna if I'm gonna hire a life coach, they better have 20 million in the bank, six pack abs, highly <laughs> functional relationships they got if you're going to because life coaching is like such a broad thing so tell me about in your niche in your in a as a business coach you you talked about differentiation you wrestled with some imposter syndrome you wrestled with the sales aspect when did it to get fine-tuned for you like when did you find your sweet spot clearly you had an affinity towards coaching 
But what, how did you make it your own? What was it? What is it about Melody that makes you unique in that space? That's a great question. I will say what I started doing that got me massive traction isn't what I do today, but it was a starting point. It was like, it's been an evolution. I've been doing this 22 years now. So there's a lot, as we all know, entrepreneurs are constantly growing. What I found where everything came together and there was a culmination was I took my superpower, which after training and knowing what I learned in corporate was how to achieve crazily unrealistic goals in record time. Mm. Like I knew how to motivate people. And, and when I integrated the neurolinguistic programming tools, I knew how to tap into a capacity expanding way of being like, I can accomplish anything in record time. Mm-hmm. Now the choice, the decisions started to become, what am I willing to put my energy into? Like mm-hmm. you, you get those high class problems, but I took that superpower and I said, how does that translate to the entrepreneurial world? Because obviously if the superpower doesn't have a need in the world, there's no monetization capability. I think that's the bridge I help people build today is what is that unique superpower? What is the monetizable attribute of it? What, how does that solve a big costly problem in the world? And then who's the market for it? Mm. And you had to be willing to course correct. So for me, I thought my audience was going to be a very different audience than what it became because I quickly, I plugged in the mindset. So I did the NLP training and I released all of these fears and limits. And like, I literally got plugged into unstoppable energy. Mm. There was Mm. nothing in my way anymore. So I'm super powered. And I said, okay, I know how to help people achieve goals. There's a no tomorrow. Like, I can help any person achieve any goal in record time. So I said, I'll create a course. (laughs) And I, the third component was I had to be in front of audiences who want this. So this is where you asked me about shared vision earlier. And I also had another platform I was highly visible on. I said, people want to work with leaders. They want influencers. They want people who have authority. That is a discernment in the world where people are like, that's an expert. And so I went from being one of the crowd to stepping into leadership positions. Hmm. So I ran that monthly networking group and the asset that it provided me was contacts. All of a sudden, when you've got a platform, all of the experts come out of the woodwork and Hmm. they want to be connected with you. So you will give them a visibility opportunity. Hmm. So I went from being invisible to being a sought after authority and expert in my field. And that gave me an opportunity to create offerings and put them in front of a, an audience that I had curated. And it was really great because I ended up having one of the most successful chapters of the whole organization. It just wasn't really a long-term place for me because there was a lot of commuting <laughs> involved. Like, I think this kind of works against the freedom thing that I, I was uh, setting up for myself. But I think it was pulling those pieces together and really knowing how to plug the mindset in and having a specific problem I solved, and then having an audience to be in front of as a leader and as their advisor that they wanted to turn to for the solutions. Really wise. There are so many people that all of us run into that are brilliant, that have this big heart, this big gift. They want to change the world. They want to help people but they literally have no voice because they don't understand platform. They don't understand messaging. They don't understand curation of audiences and things. And 
unfortunately or fortunately, that's what it takes. If you want to change the world, you need a platform, <laughs> which is probably why you're into podcasting these days. Podcasting has become such an interesting opportunity, right? And yeah. it was already growing rapidly before the pandemic hit. And I think we had been broaching about 3 million or two, two and a half million podcasts somewhere in there. And then as 2020 hit and everybody's stuck at home, they're either <laughs> yeah. listening to a podcast or they're a creator and they're like, I could make myself a podcast. Now, interestingly enough, there's some new statistics out saying that we have seen a massive decline in active podcasts. So they're out there. There's almost 4 million podcasts now, but a fraction, like 25% of them are still active and actively creating content. And what that's done is it's created a lot of opportunity to really shine if you know how to create what I call an authority positioning podcast. Hmm. And that's where I saw opportunities. Like, I don't want to be on the road speaking everywhere, but mm -hmm. I do want an opportunity to share a message through my podcast, my two podcasts now. And I also want an opportunity to spotlight really amazing human beings like yep. you guys and put you in front of my community of really excited buyers and connectors. So it's a win. Awesome. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today. One thing I love about something that Melanie said that we completely resonate with Feed Stories is that we go into a filming session when our intention is to amplify the expert. And that's why we don't use scripts because scripts kind of can make you trip over your words. They can kind of hold you back from really resonating with the conversation, the question that's in front of you. So that's why we never use scripts and we love to make it so very easy for experts to talk about the big problems they've solved, whether it's a product or a service. So this is our shameless plug for Feed Stories. If you're an expert, if you're someone listening to this and are looking for a way to amplify your world-class solution, we're gonna encourage you to lean in heavily to video. And we have a world-class solution to get you there. Go to feedstories.com and sign up with a session with Bob and I, and let's talk about what you've got going on and let's see if we're a good fit. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Can you tell us a story? This is this is phenomenal. Where so you, just a moment ago, you clarified the platform that you that became your catapult. Can you tell us a story of if when that happened and you're gathering this lovely tribe of people? Was there a story about some of the members or a member that validated that yes? This is the lane I need to stay in. This is where I have found my sweet spot. Anything like that? Any kind of Such a story? A great question. I, so the one thing that's, because this was quite some time ago, so we're talking about 16 years ago now. Um, I think where I knew I was on the right track and things were starting to speed up, like there was an acceleration that was occurring. A funny story, when I first was in the running to host this chapter, I remember being on a teleseminar. This was way back before oh, yeah. Zoom, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old school. And the host or the owner of this company that, that were setting up these chapters was interviewing me and a few other people. And then we ended up at a dinner, me and one other guy. And so as it all laid out, they chose me. And I think the other guy probably realized that wasn't necessarily his superpower. And so I ended up the host, but he became one of the first members. 
And we had a lot of early conversations and he was a big champion. He's like, I'll help you like however I can. And one of the things that emerged from that was a small group mastermind. And he's mm. let's meet regularly and make sure that we're supporting each other and really focusing. Now I'd been in masterminds already for 10 years and I thought, sure, a business mastermind, this is awesome. And what ended up happening was he, myself, and two other very famous entrepreneurs, one of which Bob knows, we met every two weeks for something like five or six years, maybe even wow. eight years with Adam. And what I found happening was, is because I was in a space of influence, I could invite them into my, to speak at my events, but now they were inviting me to share my superpower in front of their audiences. And they had a very long list of people who wanted those spots. So it mm. went again from being like a best kept secret. I didn't even know who I, what my superpower was to being in a space of influence where uh, they had taken time and energy to build up these loyal, active communities. And they were inviting me into that space. And so I was instantly able to borrow their influence. Mm. And there's like this instantaneous, oh, this person is a mover and a shaker and we want to see what the, she has to offer too. So my list grew exponentially. I constantly had a source of clients. We spent a good five to six years, all of us, and there was a few people in and out of the group, just feeding each other great opportunities and constantly having each other's back and supporting each other's events and cheering each other on. It was beautiful. That, that is the one significant investment that Brandon and I have made for the last close to 20 years is investing in attending masterminds. Before mm -hmm. we got on, we were talking about what we did the past two weeks yep. is we attended masterminds. It has been our biggest source of clients, collaborations, inspirations. Like it is... If anyone asks what's your ultimate secret weapon for me, I, I don't know, Brandon, if it's the same, but like it's been being part of masterminds. Relationships that we've created and the opportunities have been exponential. Yeah, it's really, you know, Bob and I are, are high empath people where we like to sleep well at night. So we like to focus on over delivering for our clients and really value that aspect, the human aspect of it. It's not a, it's not a one and done type of interaction. Usually we're long-term, we're integrated into their businesses and we value that relationship aspect at the very top of our values. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why for me, making podcasting a big part of my business today has been so extraordinary is because I'm very relationship first as well. And it's a major part of my value structure. And so podcasting is a way of opening up these new relationships and giving it a test drive mm. without like fully stepping into these complicated strategic partner sure. arrangements. But I get to like have this first experience of somebody. Do they bring value? Do they share the episode? Is there some collaboration potential? Do they seek it out as much as I do? Is there synergy and this natural energy that kicks off? Or is it just dead the moment that mm. the podcast is over? And also, and I'm sure you guys have seen this as well, the podcasting community is a very generous place. Yeah, like yeah, totally. The, yeah. the relationships I have established inside the kind of top podcasting, top podcaster market has been extraordinary. And they're like 
these people just show up and say, Hey, how can I help? Or it's like, I I'll make an ask and say, can you share this for me or whatever? And you almost always get a yes. So it's, we're not there yet, but the reason we're having you on completely selfishly is we want you to introduce us to that community. Yes. I knew that was coming. Yes, please. Brandon Brandon and I have been kicking and screaming, like fighting against having a podcast just because (laughs) for the things you mentioned, there's 4 million of them who needs another podcast. Yeah. And I had a radio show for a while and got, it was like, I had that experience, but we did it at a time when it's almost like we're catching it on the back end. But for us, it feels pure because we didn't feel the time was right until we actually launched it, which is, I think we're, I'm proud of it. We did it for the right reason. We have a very specific strategy and a very specific type of person we want to have on a very specific audience we want to speak to. And yeah, I love the intention of it. And Melanie, you're a very intentional person as well. So I think you can appreciate that is like having a purpose and vision for your show is really important if you're thinking about doing one or you're even currently doing one. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's interesting. I bring a lot of kind of spiritual conscious practices with a very logical and rational approach, right? Like I think you do as well. And Brandon, it sounds like you do too. I found that there's an interesting dynamic between setting, like being intentional and going with the flow. And I think we have to start with being intentional and then maybe get a little unattached and see where something's going to go. And I think what happens is you either lead with being go with the flow and there is no direction to the flow. So you're flowing everywhere, right? This is where the scattered approach, the bright, shiny objects take you in 17 Mm. different directions. You're like, what do I do? Like, where am I going with this? And I think there's been a lot of awareness around neurodiversity, where AD and some of the uh, neurodiverse brain patterns play into that, where people just don't have that brain ability to focus versus when we set an intention and we're very clear, this is where I'm planning to go with this. This is the outcome that makes sense for me to say yes to the strategy. So let's take podcasting. Don't just start a podcast to have a podcast. Start a podcast because you have a message you want to get out in the world and you're strategic about how that podcast is going to connect you with whatever the outcome is you want from it. And then you have to kind of let go of the reins a little bit and say, okay, let's see where it's going to go while doing your best to keep that intention floating forward. Where I thought my podcast would go is not where it ended up going. It went so much bigger. It went, I never imagined being in a top 1.5% of 4 million podcasts worldwide. And yet the path to get there was not the path I thought, but every Hmm. time a new opportunity arose and it's okay, do you want to be invited to the stage where 200 people are going to be pitching to get on your podcast and all of them are going to be encouraged to listen to your podcast? Say yes, (laughs) because that's 200 new active listeners, right? So there was all these really interesting opportunities that would emerge the more I owned my authority and committed to just Let's just keep growing the podcast. Let's just keep amplifying the reach. Love it. That is real. That is really cool. Melanie, you gave you gave me new language for kind of what we do with video. Brandon's gift, I think, is we go into a video shoot with an intention and an outline. We never script it, right? So we go in with an intention, a kind of a short list of questions. But what we do in the video shoot, and this is me observing Brandon at work, is 
he goes with the flow and the conversation naturally goes in directions that are surprising. And when it takes that turn, Brandon, that's where like the gold comes in that like that Melly just, you just gave us some new language. So thank you for that. That was yeah, really a great gift. Melly, tell I've us another story. You've got to have some, I'm sensing a lot of great stories along your journey. So catch us up to the last few years. What has gone big for you? What has been a surprising, like you said, you set this intention, but you're not necessarily married to an outcome. And that's worked very well for you. And we know that kind of philosophy from the woo-woo space. Tell us about that. What's been something in the last, I don't know, five years that has, that uh, tell us a story. Yeah. So there's a practice of honing in your niche, getting micro niched that a lot of people talk about. And I think many entrepreneurs are uh, struggling with the idea of that. <laughs> and I surprisingly decided to niche down a little bit. And for a very long time, it was just all entrepreneurs. I was niched more in my offering rather than my a micro niche of who I served. And I realized probably about six or seven years ago that I just love working with the expert-based entrepreneurs. I can help a lot of people, but if I work with them, something really powerful happens. I understand their journey because I've lived it. I know their foibles. Like I really understand where they get into their own way. They get stuck. They've got limitations and fears or whatever. And I also know what works in this market and took a huge leap of faith. And I said, I really just want to work with the entrepreneurs who want to share some kind of expertise, whether it's their thought leadership or a system or process or service. But when they get that out in the world in a bigger way, they're helping other people. So I always imagine myself a ripple maker. And that's the way that the ripple is taken form. So I niched on my client base, but I also niched in my offerings. And I went a little bit deeper. Bob knows me back in the day from teaching people a lot about how to really like leverage your time, money, and energy. I spent a lot of time teaching people how to build teams and how to systemize and automate. And that is a skill that I have because I had to learn how to do it, but it wasn't my super okay. Wow. So a big learning for me that was a little bit catastrophic at the time because I was like, oh boy, my business is about to rapidly change. And everything that I worked so hard to build into a seven-figure business is about to get redirected. And I'm going to pivot my brand because I knew that my passion was not necessarily teaching people how to do those things. Like I could do it, but where my passion was showing people how to create visibility that translates to profits. Hmm. I love helping people. Like I was just talking with a friend of mine who I booked one of my clients on her podcast. It's just got a really hot podcast and she's a big player in the personal development world. And so I took a VIP client and I said, she's perfect to put her on. So they did the interview and my friend called me. She goes, that client is in love with you. That client is singing your <laughs> praises all over the place. She's like, what did you do? With her? And this is what I realized is I love helping people shape a message that showcases their authority and their magic and their superpower in any form that they're being experienced by an audience. Mm. Let's brag on somebody. Yeah. I want you to give their name. Okay. Let's tell yeah. a story of somebody, just their first name. They All came right. to you with this just full of potential and they didn't know where to go brag on them first. Tell us what you did oh, and, man, how, and what they're so doing now. I got so many roaming through my brain. Let me, so the woman I was just mentioning, her name is Tracy. 
And she had built an eight-figure business, basically doing marketing for big name products like Amazon and Disney. <laughs> okay. okay. So Those she knew are her big. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and she had this huge life epiphany and she's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Kind of what I went through and had this new way she wanted to help female CEOs, but she had no idea how to language it. And so she heard me on a podcast talking about how to create messaging that actually becomes a magnet for your best clients. And she's, can you work with me on this? And so I helped her take what was already inside of her, but shape it in a way that felt authentic, but had this pop instead of people going, okay, next question. They're like, wait a minute, tell me how's that works. Like it mm. may, I call it building a golden. There's like this initial intrigue or, or this interest actually, where people go, that's an interesting topic, or that's an interesting idea. And then the way you unpack it, there's intrigue because you know how to create talking points that you're not just telling really long stories that have no point. <laughs> but you have very meaningful, crafted ways you tell a story or the way you teach a formula or you have a way of uh, bringing that content chunk to an audience that, that people are like, wait a minute, what was that? Rewind. Let me listen to mm. that again. And then that leads to being invested. So you're basically building this golden thread that pulls somebody from, okay, I'm going to listen to that podcast to I'm intrigued. I want to know more to, okay, how do I work with this person? Or at least I want to know more. I'm going to take advantage of whatever that call to action was. And that's what we did with her. I just took what was organically her, but helped her shape it in a way that it was clear and it was compelling. And she felt confident going out and being seen on more platforms with that message. Very cool. I shout out to story. shout out to Tracy. Way yeah, to go, she, Tracy. She's magic. <laughs> Way to rock that thing. Again, I'm going to keep coming back to stories. This is, this is some good. I got a billion of them. So just. Whichever okay, so let's just play with this. We're, 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 let's, let's just level here. We're in the space a little bit. You and I, this human design stuff, it's picking up a lot of steam out there, but there's some eyebrows getting raised and okay, whoa, what's going on? What are we consulting? Rocks and crystals and things like that. So I want you to tell if you have one. Sometimes the list think of stories as a Netflix series. And so if you had an unexplained phenomenon, who story in your business that, uh, that comes up, we hear these once in a while. But anything that was a little bit like that was a little bit too nonlinear, perhaps. Yeah, honestly, the one that's popping into my head is how I met my husband. But <laughs> oh, let's hear it. <laughs> that was definitely woo. Tell us. I haven't heard this. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll tell you the husband's story. It's actually a really beautiful story. I was just getting back into dating after being in a committed relationship that fell apart miserably and profoundly powerfully. <laughs> and I had a girlfriend, her name is Rhonda Britton, and we would have been supporting each other around relationship stuff for a while. And she's, there was this thing that went around. <laughs> this is so woo. I can't believe I'm sharing this. There was this thing that went around about nine years ago where we were like passing the angels to each other. That's a okay. thing. Angel passing. Okay. All right. So it didn't hit your inboxes. Apparently. I don't even know where this. Oh, oh, that like viral the, email. that yes, went around, Like pass this? this to eight of your friends yes. and you're going to get a blessing by the blah, blah. It's okay. oh. so I don't I'm still waiting for my millions stuff. from the Nigerian Prince email that I, I know I'm following I know. up to. I still haven't received my millions there. So me either. Yeah. So she's, I want to bring you the angels. Like it's your turn. And so we did this whole thing at my house where 
We like saged my house. We did this blessing. And trust me, like I am not a super woo person. So I'm going along with this going, okay, I'll do it. Like whatever, it's fun. And as I got a chance to spend some time with a really good friend of mine. The next morning I wake up on this dating profile I'd set up a few days ago. And I had an email in my inbox from this guy. And I was like, I bet on maybe three weeks and it's just trash coming in. And it was like a really nice email but I didn't do anything with it. Cause I was jumping on the road. I was going to speak at an event. And about three days later, he goes, did I say too much? Was it like too Aww. long of an email? And I'm like, Oh, he's like self-reflective. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, dr- I'm like traveling. I'll get back to you. Sure enough. I get back. We have a super long conversation, like a two hour conversation for our very first conversation. I'm then driving to Napa the following Friday. We talked for seven hours, Wow. never meeting. We put all the deal breakers, all of the wish lists, everything out on the table. Went on our first date the following week. I then cut ties with all the other guys that were hovering around. The hoverers, <laughs> and the jackals. Yeah. Yeah. He was the one. Like we wow. got married three years later and he's my king. Like he wow. was the guy that I'd been searching for my 52 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the short abbreviated version of story, a little bit of woo, a lot of intentionality because <laughs> I was very clear about what my deal breakers were and what was mm. important. And I was willing to put it all out there and say, yeah, this is what I want. I'm not accepting any of this. Is that what you want? He's, yeah, actually we're completely aligned. I know I have some of these in my business, but like that was the one that just was popping in my head Perfect. over and over again. Perfect. No, thanks for sharing that. That's I never heard the origin story, but yeah, I know how happy you are and you brag about him quite often. So I do. I'm super lucky woman and it's not without his challenges, but we have clarity that we are together and we are together for a lot of reasons. That is so cool. Love it. Love it. Melanie, where can people find you? Where tell us a little bit about where they can find you, some resources you'd like to share. Mm. Yeah, I think a really great place to start. I shared a little bit about my framework and a couple of years ago, as I was honing in my niche again, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm going to have to work my process. And I was documenting it. And I'm like, this is the same process I've done that built my first seven figure <laughs> business that helped me brand pivot in 2009. That's helping me hone in now. And it always works. And it's a seven step framework of how we can take our superpower and turn on a source of another six figures, whether that's six figures a month or six figures a year, you get to decide by leveraging other people's audiences. And part of that is creating the messaging. Part of that is really getting clear, like what that superpower is and what's the monetizable aspect of it. So I'm happy to show that seven step framework. And I unpack each of the steps a little bit, because you really have to have all seven pieces to make it work. If you, I made a special link just for our audience here. If oh. you go to melaniebenson.com forward slash feed stories, yes. just to make it wow. super easy. No one's ever done that before. Yeah, That's cool. I want to see. Teach you a little there. trick here on the Mel- podcast. Guys. She's a pro. I'm going to write what? that down. <laughs> yeah, but that's a really great place to start. And I'll have a little uh, training on the back end that'll share with you a little bit more how to unpack the messaging and the pieces that are important to you. You can find me on all over on social. As I mentioned, like I love helping people take that unique attribute of you and figure out how to monetize it, whether it's creating leverage offerings or creating what I like to do now, which is premium offerings, where you're really attracting those higher ticket clients who want to deep dive with you and 
it's just such a joy to do that knowledge transfer because they're getting big wins quickly and you're getting the big win of cash flow and impact. Fantastic. We'll be Perfect. sure to thank you for creating that. that for us. Yeah, that's oh, really neat. Thank so you. Melanie, you are a giving person, a loving person, a kind person, but we do want to give you one chance here at the end to do what we call a rant. The rant. All right. Okay. Oh. Now this could be like, they didn't make your coffee properly or <laughs> driving in LA traffic, right? Just something People to give drive us in the left lane. To like what pushes your buttons a little Bald bit guys. that you would love to just rant about for, for like 60 seconds. Porpoises versus dolphins. Let's hear it. Gosh, oh man. I kind of private rant usually. Oh, it's gotta be public now. The world's got to hear. I think one of the big ones is right now because podcasting is such a big thing is the, Going into it with the take mentality, mm. Mm. I'm going to take my visibility. I'm going to take this opportunity to be in the spotlight and give nothing. And I'm not saying you don't know, give value in the conversation, but uh, there is an epidemic of unprepared guests mm. who are not uh, really doing anything to create a win-win transaction. And they think all the win is just in the, the conversation. And I, I, again, I, my community of podcasters is huge. And they're like, if I have one more guest show up on an iPhone mic in their car trying to do this podcast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start charging people to be guests. This is a media opportunity. Show up as if you would if you were going on a TV show yeah. and you're getting featured to billions of people because if you are on the right podcast, not all of them are getting that traction, but we're getting you a ton of exposure and know that this is the win isn't just being on the podcast. It's not my job to do all the work. You have untapped dormant opportunity in your social media networks and in your list mm -hmm. by sharing the episode. So don't go in with the take mentality, go in with the win-win mentality. How are we going to co-create something really powerful and me share my real gratitude for this spotlight, which most of the time the host has taken on all the cost to mm. produce this, yep. give massive value back, mm. be prepared with great conversation points, be a good guest, start to finish. Awesome. That's my I love it. And you gave us a chance in your inside of your community to rant. Remember that? Yeah, it's a question about a month ago. That was really cool. Just to rant I like that. Yeah, it's good <laughs> to like rant. To that. It's good to it's rant. It's good to rant. It's also good for people to learn what doesn't work in a healthy environment without yeah. it's like you're going to fail less if you know what not to do. By the way, the yeah. only reason I know what to do on podcasts is because I did it all wrong for the first few years. <laughs> I was just lucky. I had great relationships and people invited me. Yeah. They were forgiving. We, yes, yeah. like we had a relationship and I was yeah. like, oh, there's such a better way to do this. Mm, love very it. much. Um, you've, been, you've been very generous with your time so much value your wisdom and your friendship and your expertise thank you for coming on sharing it with us and the audience is going to absolutely love what you shared with them today thank you thanks guys for having thank you, me melanie thank you for listening to the innovative founder with bob regnaris and brandon boyd a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.